Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the role of the 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. How's it going this week, Cody? Okay, so a lot better because <laughs> last night I got eight hours of sleep, which helps. And I'm not like burnt out and I haven't written a terrible world this week. So things are going just fine. Uh, up that. Yeah, I got like six hours of sleep, which is like better than what it has been the last month. Um, And I actually just like I f- feel good. Don't feel like burnt out. I had some time to actually relax and like not have to write stuff all week. So um. I guess I'll just get to it right now before getting what we've been doing. So last week, there was not an episode for a few different reasons. We went in and tried to record Florida Man World, and we both agreed by the end of the episode, like literally at the end of the episode, that we didn't think it was something that we should release. It went. From, it was in poor taste. It, was in, it went from being fun and funny to just like feeling like it was in poor taste or feeling like it was poking fun and i didn't think it was something i did not think it lived up to the world shop standard of world building i don't think it was our best foot so yeah and i mean like i think it's fair to say to like pat ourselves in the back we've done like almost a hundred worlds and we have thrown out one episode yes now maybe I've heard podcasting advice before where it's like, okay, your first five episodes, what you're going to do is you're going to take those behind the shed and shoot them in the face and (laughs) never show them to anyone. We didn't do that. And I still don't even hate those early episodes. I don't. I don't. This episode was bad. We were both so tired. We were both tired. A little slap happy. Just saying dumb stuff. (laughs) I, I had not given enough prep work to the world that it deserved, even if it had been a good prompt. And it was not a prompt we ever should have done. And, you know, what it was is that it, it won. That world beat us. And, I, and, and I think it's important for both of us to recognize when we do something like that and not just like, oh, no, no, let's put – I don't want to put crap out. I want yeah. to, like I said, leave with my best foot. And I did not feel like doing Florida Man World was our best foot. So we have both discussed we were kind of burnt out on doing world after world and then looked back at our last like deconstruction episode was literally 30 episodes ago, Cody. Yeah, it was a long time. And so like, it's been a while that yeah, we've we haven't taken a break here. and like the quote unquote break that I had was the campaign that we did and I never took a break during that. I was writing the whole entire time. So we took last week as a break we're doing a deconstruction episode this week just to like chat and not have to worry about world building. And then we're going to be starting a new project that we'll talk about a little bit more at the end of the episode. Yeah, that I am super excited yeah, for. Yeah, because you don't have to do as much work, you jerk. Uh, we'll see. But yes, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> you're not 100% wrong. About that. <laughs> so, Cody, really quick before we go into our topic of today, what have you been up to recently? Well, okay, so I've been playing GTA Online Which is, a lot we'll, recently. We're going to be talking about that in a little bit, too. So. We, we, we're we going to be talking about the world aspect of it, and I don't want to talk about that right now. I do want to talk about GTA Online as being one of the most fun and most annoying online experiences I have ever had. Explain yourself. So, <laughs> I do not play a lot of AAA titles. I am woefully out of the loop when it comes to video games. I know you are. I, I don't really like Assassin's Creed style games and they are everywhere. 
I tried what, to what play Tomb Raider. I was so bored. Specifically, we'll talk. We'll talk about it later. But what do you specifically like, mean by Assassin's third Creed? person adventure shooter games? I am just. I can't. Yeah. I can't. Like that's like Batman. It's like Arkham Knight, Tomb Raider. I. You're gonna hate me for saying this, but um, Full Metal Robot hunting with a bow. Horizon brain. Zero Dawn, Cody. That's the one. Horizon Zero Dawn, um, which I haven't played and I've heard is really good, but it's still yeah. But just I don't think you would format. like it after what you just said. I don't think you would like it. God of War, Assassin's Creed, Shadows of Mordor, all these games that are like what everything is right now. It feels like I just You're not wrong. every time something pops up on a mini map and it's like go walk to here and then it draws an exact path on the ground and then I walk to there and it triggers a cutscene and then I walk to another place on the map and it triggers another cutscene and then I have to climb up to the top of a building and then I get back down off the building and then I watch another cutscene I hate it any t- if there is a quick time event I'm just like hang up the phone we're done um okay. so the full metal robot dinosaur game <laughs> I don't, I've never played it. Um, uh, I just, I love it that you just like, I'll describe it the best I can and Jordan will pick up the rest. I, th- I figured you were going to know what I was talking about. And that's a game that I do want to play and I might actually enjoy. So I've been playing GTA online. Now, the thing that I love about GTA is I don't do any of that stuff usually. Because you don't have I to. I ignore 90% of it. What I do is I get in a car and I drive on the sidewalks. And that is my that is my game. Probably should have and then I get in car chases with the police. I just play that game as a crazy murder hobo criminal. That is all it is to me. And GTA Online seemed like, oh, perfect. I can do this with my friends and family now. Um, except I can't because my mom would not go for that. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. What Rockstar did is they made GTA 5 and they went, oh, hey, we should make an online game. And then they just failed at it and released it anyways it is like you know how it's like a joke about rockstar games where they're always buggy and you see like videos of like horses flying or like crazy physics that's just their like (laughs) ui and matchmaking and online services are just that they are a buggy confusing mess there's like three different like okay this is all i want to do i have my friends, and we're all in a crew now, even. They have, like, a thing where you can be in a crew, and it functionally does nothing. So, we're all in a crew. All I want to do is turn on the game and say, invite my friends to a game. That's it. Seems like that should be the easiest thing yeah, to do, that's right? that's, like, number no. one. The way that you have to do that is you turn on the game. You have to boot into single player, which takes forever. I have a very good computer. Like, I'm not kidding. I have a very good computer. You have to boot into single player. That takes forever. Then from that menu, you have to select online, say start online, and then say start online friends only. Then it takes another 10 minutes to boot into online with friends only. Then I have to send my friends an invite that they have to answer on their cell phones in game. And then if you want to start a mission, they like have mission indicators on the map. So you go like drive there, do a mission, right? That doesn't work. That's broken. So what you actually have to do is you just go back to the menu, go to a different part of the menu, select play job. Then you have to go into your options and turn off automatic matchmaking. Otherwise, Cody, it just throws you Cody, in with randos. stop. I get the point. Oh, my God. It is. And it, it, we missions are broken. Like I was doing a mission today. It just didn't work. Like we got halfway through the mission and it's like we're sitting in a parked car and they're like, park the car. And we're just like. We're, we've been sitting here for five minutes. We don't know what to do. But when it actually is 
four of my friends driving around in a car like maniacs, stealing each other's cars, failing at missions on repeat because we're bad at the game. That part is really fun. But oh my gosh, Rockstar is so bad at their vault. They are terrible. It is a terrible multiplayer game. They just failed and were like, screw it. Bugs and all. This game has been out for years and they've never fixed it. Bro. Um, and I can tell that they don't care about their online component of the game because like the leveling progression in that is basically money. And the third time I logged in, Rockstar gave me a million dollars for no reason, which in essence tells you to stop playing the game because you've earned enough money to buy anything, which is the leveling in the game. <laughs> it's so bad. Jordan, it's, it's terrible. Just, Cody... I uh, would not last a second in that. Well, I mean, is that because you don't like playing GTA where you just drive on the sidewalk? No, like I do. I love, that's the only time I've ever played GTA. Okay, yeah. Uh, but no, the, I mean, and the thing is, like, for me, Cody, I just, I'm doing I just it, would not, like, the frustration of even getting to the point where you could do that stuff would put my computer out oh. the window. And then, okay, so there's a part when you make an online character, it's like, hey, do you want to play the tutorial? I said no. But when Mandy was making a character, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, do the tutorial so that way you learn the game. She said yes. Took her forever to do the tutorial. At one point, the tutorial forced her to play with another player. And that player quit and just left the mission. And it broke the mission. And she's just like, all I want to do is skip this tutorial. Because all we want to do is get in a car together and just drive around on sidewalks like crazy people. Okay, good. But Rockstar was like, no fun for you. No, 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 uh, no, okay, no. Good. No fun. You have to do the tutorial. It's just... Because we're going to be talking it, a lot about games later. I feel like this is going to come up. I'm cutting you off right now. It's because, like, I just, that sounds so frustrating. I, like, I only like GTA for exactly what you talked about is the driving around. So, like, I have never, I have played so many hours of the game, but I've never beaten it. I've never owned a GTA, but I've played so many hours just because it's fun to just do nothing and like we like and in college we spent like a good five hours trying to steal an airplane and like go on an airplane just like flying around landing like going to like a drive-in getting back an airplane flying like we did stupid stuff because that's what gta is about and that's what it's about being hindered in doing that on the online play just sounds so frustrating to me. Well, right. And then the flip side of it is if you don't join with friends only, if you just join Ugh. online straight up, first of all, the server is always full of people. So you can't invite friends to your game. So then it kicks you back out and you have to try to find a session with an empty slot, which never happens. So it takes forever. Once you finally get into the game. Okay. So I'm playing with two people that are not super into video games and have never played Grand so Theft Auto. So Mandy right? and Caitlin. Mandy and Caitlin. And it's like you spawn in on GTA Online, and it's just the Wild West. There's just 20 psychopaths with rocket launchers just like, <laughs> I'm going to kill anything that moves. Now I'm one of those yeah, people, you, but and still. So you told me right before we started of time when a guy drove past you, you got out, blew up his car with the rocket launcher, and he just sent you. Why, though? Why? <laughs> Why, though? <laughs> so Mandy, the first time she got into GTA Online, what happened is a guy had hacked the game so he could teleport. Oh, my gosh. And he just teleported to her murdered her she would respawn he would teleport to her again and murder her again and she's just like i just want to steal a minivan and it was just a it was just a night of trying to get her online and playing with me before i did enough googling to find all the settings i had to turn off to make it so i could have fun in this game and i'm like ah 
Rockstar, you suck. Okay, Cody. Well, you talked for like 10 minutes about your travesty of a game. Let me talk about my travesty of a game. Since I need to like make up for some stuff since we didn't release an episode last week and we did talk about this stuff. Um, so I've been playing the Final Fantasy VII remake. Um so I didn't I didn't want to play it at first because you know the big problems of it of it's just the first third of the game and they're going to be releasing the rest later they don't know when they're going to be releasing the rest later and that sounds awful to me because it's a game that i've been waiting for for you know they've been announcing it since middle school and i am now 28 so that was like 14 years ago given the time they've had to develop the fact that it is an episode is pretty egregious for their ability to manage so time. so so I, I i didn't i didn't want to get it, but then, like, one of my friends, you know exactly who you are, and you listen to this, so you know who you are, and first of all, love you, bud. Second of all, you know exactly who you are, and he's like, no, you need to play this, it's so cool. And then I started watching Holden and his wife play it on their stream, and it's like, okay, yeah, you you bought me, like, I'm getting this game. Like, it's mostly because it is such a nostalgia trip. I was so into Final Fantasy VII in middle and high school, like... I played all of the spin-off games. I even played the crappy one where it's a shooting game and like a, it's a super emo shooting Final Fantasy game, Dirge of Cerberus. It's really bad. Um I, I played all the games and like getting into this, this is exactly like the Final Fantasy game I needed. Cause I fell out of Final Fantasy when Final Fantasy 13 came around because they promised pretty much the gameplay that is in seven, but the execution was so bad. And like the world was overcomplicated, which we'll get to in a little bit. And just, it was such a mess. And, but this one, the gameplay is really smooth. The world is like, I already know a lot about the world. So it's not overcomplicated in the way that they're introducing stuff. Isn't overly crazy. They've taken stuff that was like, like not fun or an issue before. And they just made it so cool. And so fun. Like the whole, um, like the dance scene and stuff, the cross wrestling scene that everybody like, it's like, Ooh, this is problematic. It's like, wonder how they're going to do it. They actually did it pretty tastefully um, with what they were given. And just like, it, it's cool game so far. And I've just been loving the crap out of it. I'm now on chapter 10. Um, when we talked last week, I was only on chapter three. So yeah, I've been playing <laughs> the crap out of it and I love it. And I'm glad I'm playing it, it but it sucks that it is just an episode. And it's not the whole game. Yeah, and that's kind of like what I've heard from everyone that's talked about it is like, oh, this is a really good game, but it is only the first episode. And that to me is like, I just have a lot of trouble getting past that as like, how are you going to ever finish they're not. this? They're, they're just not. It's not going to finish until like after the PlayStation 6. It's not going to be a thing. And like that upsets me. And it's really sad because like they're actually changing up parts of the story as I've noticed. And so it's like, yeah, you're making right, additions right. and, and there's I know like that's stuff that's happening that I probably won't see for a very long time. And that sucks. It yeah. sucks knowing that. But I've had so much fun with it. And I'm glad that I got to go back into the world that I loved as a emo um, teenager. Uh, sorry, yeah. as, I was well, more edgelord than I was emo. I wasn't really emo. I was more edgelord. That, it's a weird, like, culture thing for me to look in on from the outside because yeah. I was just never into Final Fantasy. And... um also very much not into jrpgs they are like 110 yeah <laughs> they're a slog and just like whenever a game Edgeworth. is like well uh we want this to be longer but we don't want to make more stuff so just 
do this on repeat yeah, for just 45 fight this minutes. Monster like, that, this red monster that's a variation of the green monster from the beginning, but just has way more health and does three times the damage. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm never going to really play one of those, like a game like that. Why am that? I still killing slimes? Shouldn't I be killing some? Shouldn't I be killing God yet? Guys, come on. That's what Final Fantasy is. You if, start out killing slimes and you murder God at the very end. If you want to know why it is that I can't play MMOs, it's because the of gratuitous nature of, of um, the JRPG. Well, it's just like that same thing where it's not. I just don't find that engaging after a while. And it's like, well, the story might be good, but you're not telling it well if you take 100 hours to tell it. Unless every bit well, of that is I good kind content. Of and I just ran into a little bit of the, this weekend where it's like I finally started to get a little bit burnt out and like decided to watch a movie instead. Where it's just like, okay, I got to this part, a little bit of story happens, and now I have to walk to the end of this waterway to actually get to the next part. And it's like, and I looked at where the map marker is and like, that's so far away. It's like, I just want to get to the next part. It's like, it's time for me to take a break so I can enjoy it again in like a week. Yeah. And so. It's great, and it really does feel, and I'm going to say this again because we deleted the episode, it feels like they definitely made up for their failure that was Kingdom Hearts 3. Because, like, Kingdom Hearts 3 came out after, like, 15 years of waiting for it, and people were like, yes, we need this game, and it just sucked. And this feels like, again, people were waiting for this game. They're like, we need this game, we need this game, and then they released it, and it's actually really good. And it feels like they're like, yeah. okay, yeah, here, here's something to bite so you can like us again because we know we screwed with your emotions last time. It's like it's like the um, um, X coming back. It's like, hey, I'll be better this time. So <laughs> Yeah, you know that's always a mistake, yeah, yeah. Right? It, it, that, that, like, Again, I'm going to get burnt out by it because it's just the first episode. So, like, yeah, I let the X back in my life. I'm like, oh, you are you, – you were always too bad for me. Like – I'm glad you're back. I missed you. I love you. And it's like, oh, by the way, I'm leaving after like three days. Peace. It's like, you did it to me again. But dang, do I still love you. <laughs> but anyways, Cody, with that weird analogy, let's get into what this episode is about. I don't know. Did we actually announce what we're doing this week? I don't okay. think you have yet. So this week, actually, Cody, what was last week? Florida man, we lost. We lost the Florida man. All right, this week is we're going to do a deconstruction again since we haven't done it in like 30 episodes. And what we do with our deconstruction is we take a topic or something and we kind of just like break down the world building and like what makes it good, what makes it bad, good examples of it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this week we're going to be talking about video game worlds and kind of going into what makes a good video game world, what makes a bad one. So that's where we're at. I ran other things to say about it. <laughs> yeah, that's when you start just leading in with it. Like that's when you start the conversation, nah, Cody, Jordan. You you, <laughs> you just looking like, at your phone until you. <laughs> I wasn't looking at my phone. I'm looking at an elastic band oh. that I'm fiddling well, with in my hand. Feel a lot better than anyways. So Cody, I guess <laughs> what makes a good video game world? Let's just start out with it. What do you? What to you makes a good video game world? And I think I'm going to disagree with some of this. <laughs> I am like almost certain that you are going to disagree with because me because that's on, just what the show on, is. Yeah, well, just because of what we were just talking about and the why of both of the like kind of both of the things we were just talking about. What I like in video game world building is when it is seamless and when it does not draw attention to itself. It needs to be done effortlessly and. I think a lot of the reason, and I, and I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, why I struggle with a AAA title is because it feels like the world building and the story and the plot 
have to be so separate from the game that it's like you have the game part where you do the game. And then you have the And then almost scene. 100% divorced from that. Yeah. You have these cutscenes where they just railroad you, smash you in the face into the world building that they want to do to be like, here's plot. Here's character. Here's what you need to know. And it's like, that is the worst way f- in my mind to do it. And so what... I find engaging in world building is when it is integrated seamlessly into the game itself. And frequently those are my favorite games to play. I'm going to say, um, I was going to say, give an example, but I'm thinking like breath of the wild, like dark souls type of thing. where like, it's part. breath of the wild, dark breath souls. of the wild. I think was done very seamlessly. Like it had some cutscenes, but I think it was done very seamlessly. It had like five yeah. in the whole game that I've played for hours. And you had to go and find them, and they were framed in the story as something that made sense to be a cutscene. Like, it was you getting your memories back. It was not what was happening right now. And, like, there were maybe a few tiny cutscenes scattered throughout. Like, when you would, like, save a divine beast, it would, like, rear up and honk its trumpet horn, and then that was the cutscene. But for the most part, you were just in the game, and you could learn about the world from just walking around and looking at stuff, but even just what the world was and what you were inside of it informed you about the themes of the game where like it did feel very isolated. You were living through the ruins of a different civilization. There was hidden cool things underneath of all of it. You were slowly getting better and realizing things about yourself. And that to me made that game good. The uh, other example that I was thinking of well, the, the three games I want to talk about throughout this are GTA V, um, which kind of does both, but we'll get to why I like GTA. Um, Dark Souls, obviously, and Darkest Dungeon, which are kind of the three that I want to go through. But so for Jordan, what about for you? So I guess for me, and like it's a different thing. So it's like I don't mind the cutscenes. I don't think having a cutscene in a game makes it a bad game. I think that gives you story to inform you on like your specific setting your specific character and i don't think like with like because i go for more role playing and i'm not talking about jrpgs i'm talking like where you are a character specific character going through their specific story so i don't think that a cutscene takes away i think it does help the um world building i think it can be gratuitous and bad like metal gear solid and stuff where you can sit through a 20 minute cutscene or like kingdom hearts where you're constantly sitting through movies and not actually doing the game so i think when it becomes bad when cutscenes and stuff become bad is when they are taking away from the game rather than helping enhance the experience i think it can go to enhance the experience but i think like metal gear solid or um kingdom hearts it's just like Okay, well, I'm now just watching a movie. I'm not actually interacting with the world. So to me, like things that was good world building, I think since video games, like they're very visual work, unlike books or unlike um, D&D and stuff like that, video games are highly visual. So I am drawn to like super aesthetic games. And I think that's part of the world building, like to create and build something interesting so i'm talking like hollow knight like um bioshock infinite like um what's it um dark souls and secular like very like visually aesthetic worlds and like something where it's like okay this looks interesting i think world building like there is a show and tell and i think you should have a decent 
hand in hand of show and tell. You should be able to look at the world and be like, okay, I see that. Like with Hollow Knight, it's like you look at the world, you see like this orange goo. It's like, okay, there's some sort of infection or like bad thing that I'm destroying. And then be told that like, okay, hey, go down into this cave. It's like, oh, you might want to avoid this thing. Okay, cool. Or there can be like things, I think when you can get too telly, like Final Fantasy 13, where literally it was a pretty much a novel of th- like they presented all of this like visual stuff. And then they're like, okay, by the way, to know what the heck is going on, you're going to have to read this novel. And there was all of these like backgrounds and biographies and, oh, you have to look and see what this place is called and stuff like that. And so for Final Fantasy 13, I didn't know what the heck was going on for half the game. Yeah. And, and they just throw in all these words and all these things that just like you have to look up to see what these words and abbreviations are. So I, I think good world building is just, it's a hand in hand of show and tell. It's an aesthetically pleasing thing that like, you should feel like you you should want to be in that world, I guess. And I don't know if that's a good way of doing talking about it, but yeah. I think that it's a reasonable way to phrase it. And and so something I do want to point out with what you said about being visually striking, and I didn't mention this, but it's a good point. Um, I agree that part of the world building of a game is nothing to do with its writing and everything to do with its art direction, right? Like, you can have a game with yes. no dialogue, no words, and still have it be great if the... or no dialogue even if what you are seeing is breathtaking in some way for me that does not correlate to like high res photorealistic graphics for everything yeah yes Um, i'm saying like aesthetically pleasing i'm not saying it has to be like playstation 4 graphics all the time right well i mean an aesthetically pleasing game without that and i think you got that across when you mentioned hollow knight because i agree with you like i think hollow yeah. knight looks better than it plays for me but i haven't given hollow knight a fair chance Ho- hollow knight is beautifully done game again the same friend who like recommended final fantasy also bugged me about hollow knight so i'm like okay let's see what this is about and i'm like oh my god i love this i tried so, to yes, play it i didn't right get into it in but it doesn't matter I'm talking about world building <laughs> um for me i think it is also another like i don't want to say failing but it is a reason why i do not play a ton of mainstream video games is how samey they all look at some point and there are good games that fall into that category grand theft auto being one of them right like grand theft auto has cutscenes. grand theft auto does hold your hand and guide you from point to point to point the reason i realize why i find grand theft auto fun when i am playing it is all of the subtle world building it does while you are in the game the world feels like goofy, exaggerated, overly crime-ridden, overly like cynical and snide while you're just walking around on the street. If you just stand on a street corner, it feels like Grand Theft Auto the whole time. You know what I mean? You will see goofy yeah. stuff. You will see people being horrible. You will see people saying very offensive things. That's just the world you're in. So I like that type of world building where it doesn't have to have stupid cutscene, and then it drops you out into a completely unrelated overworld and i think that for me is where like i'm fine with a cutscene. i'm not fine with too many cutscenes. they can be way overdone i think a good example in my mind is if your cutscene is the climactic moment of the game instead of your character act instead of you the player actually doing something at the climactic moment of the game that is an indicator to me that you are using too many cutscenes. Yeah. and i yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I'll, I'll have to agree with that. I mean, I do like a good cutscene, but like that was the point with 
a lot of Kingdom Hearts is that, like, like you said, they were doing the climactic thing for you, and you were just sitting there watching it happen. Yeah, or you're like and, half-heartedly tapping A. Yeah, or you're, or yeah, you're half-heartedly typing A, or like what Kingdom Hearts three did to get, like, they present all of these like bosses, but then they do so much of it that at the very end of the game they have you fighting three bosses at the same time and it's just like why can't i experience all this world building that you did one at a time why do i have to do it as a cluster shoved at you so i think it could also be like the way that is executed is another way of doing it but like i think what i was talking about a little with the show and tells another point that i kind of want to hammer in is like Show and tell, like, you should be able, like you were saying, like, look around, see things going on, and learn about the world as you look around. Like, Horizon Zero Dawn did a very good job of subtle show and tell, where they never, like, outrightly said, oh, hey, this tribe of people wears these specific clothes, and this tribe of people, like, you notice, like, by looking at someone with, like, the certain types of, um face paint that they were from a certain tribe like with the like small circles around the eyes and um things like that they were from the Karja or the um like you also notice the main difference between her and the rest of the tribe is that she doesn't have like she's an outcast and not part of the actual tribe because she doesn't have any facial markings and that's just something you pick up by seeing it's a show and not tell no one ever says that yeah in the game you just and I think that's out. that that yeah. makes a good that's that's I think just good world building and all where you can infer from things that you see or read in descriptions that you hear rather right. than the game be like hey look at them hey if you read in this certain manual you'll know exactly everything you need to know about the people and I think there needs to be a good balance of that like to know okay well why do these people dislike the Karja well it's because their son King did this back in the day that's something that can be told. And so there, I think there needs to be a good hand in hand. Yeah, right. And there's like history that I think you can uncover, and I, and that's where like okay, some cutscenes I think are going to be necessary. But to me, all of the moments in video games that I've found the most like exhilarating and rewarding is when you're in the driver's seat when those discoveries are made, not when you go to a blinking point on your map and then those discoveries are handed to you. Yeah, and I and I think another like kind of negative about like show and tell i think that if the only tell you are getting in the game is from collecting certain items i do think that is bad i think uh, you need to get some yeah. more, a little bit more telling than just like there's it's been lazy. some games where like you pick up items there's this like huge description of what the item is and it's just like I don't want to read this. I want to play. And I didn't go to the video game to read a book. I went to the video game to jump around and shoot stuff. Well, and it's like there's a way to tell a compelling story while you're jumping around shooting stuff. It's just a lot harder. Like, it's it's more difficult yeah. to get it across through, like, subtle interactions that you would pick up on by living in a place, you know, rather than it just yeah. being, like, force-fed to you. But when video games can pull that off, it's really cool and really rewarding. Um, I think another... In, so the other one of the other examples I wanted to talk about was Darkest Dungeon, and that's another one that like from the visual up, every single aspect of that game backs up the world that the game is set in. It is a game about yeah. supernatural horrors and like the cost mentally and physically of battling things and being an adventurer, you know, and from the dialogue to the way the game looks to mechanics in the game. All of that is built in to the experience, and there are no cutscenes. There are no big blocks of dialogue, really. There is a good narrator 
and a solid mechanic and beautiful art design and all of it works together to when you are playing the game it perfectly gives you the feeling that the world is supposed to have yeah um so i think darkest dungeon is probably like my like top tier this is good world building in a video game and i i think you can have like one thing i'll say like going to this because people are gonna be like wait not this isn't all and all this game's good no i think you can have a good game with not great world building um i think that's true i just think that a lot of games get given way too much credit because yeah. they have photorealistic graphics and a lot of cutscenes, and i just don't the, the, have the i point... screamed about tomb raider 3 to you you have i played okay. i did not give tomb raider run a fair chance i did not get very far into it but i was so immediately bored by tomb raider great graphics like yeah decently smooth gameplay just don't but care man tomb raider 3 was so bad i just don't care about it i can't get i can't get into these third person and, I, and, I, and I think that games are overdoing now is that they've seen something that works and then they're like let's beat it with the bat until we, it's all the money drips out of it this works what and now we're getting a lot of the same style of game yeah. We're getting a lot of the same style of story, same style of gameplay. We're even getting the same style of loot, um, looting. Yeah, there's like almost like a universal it's looting blue, tier. blue, green, purple, gold. Or all how all of the looting goes now. It's just we're, we're getting the same stuff. And I don't think we're getting away from like even trying to do good world building because we're just like, we can make a fun gameplay Screw world building. Let's put them in Egypt. Screw world building. Let's do Greece. Screw world building. Well, Let's do Vikings. Like we're just doing the same thing, but like focusing on like the type of gameplay rather than just doing the world building. It feels like you have the same game and then you just paint it differently and call it something yeah. new, which is <clears throat> Assassin's Creed. Um, well, yeah, that's what I said with the Egypt. Yeah, the right. And the because and Vikings. like the world building on those, I think technically is really good in a way where like it's fine they do a really good job of like having really accurate settings and people and like depicting the culture really well and then you don't and it's this but then it's the exact same game and it doesn't make any it's just lazy the game itself is so lazy um but the the another really good one that i think gets way too much credit is the witcher I okay. Just for the audience, as soon as he finished the word, like as soon as he finished the sound "er," I rolled my eyes. The witch "er" is like, Ugh. it's <laughs> just immediately so dull. And I don't. And no, it has really great cutscenes that are like little mini stories that you can go around and do as Geralt of Rivia. But you know what? I don't want to have to stop for a cutscene. Every four seconds. And the thing that kills me, and, and this is a problem with Grand Theft Auto 5 as well, is, okay, so, in The Witcher, you're playing as a Witcher, and part of it is you, like, investigate a monster, and then you fight that monster, right? But the game just tells you how to investigate the monster. I'm like, I want to be able to choose how I solve the problem of the monster. I don't want to just have the game be like, walk here. Look at the stump. Oh, the stump means that it's this kind of monster. I gotta go get this kind of serum. Like, wouldn't it be cool if I, like, realized myself through just looking around in the game without triggering 30 cutscenes what was going on and then prepared for it myself 
and then went in and died and was like, oh, shoot, I prepared wrong. And then I have to go back out and prepare again and try to get that would be more. But no, they just no. Nah, you just yeah, and I, I don't think that has anything to do with world building, but I mean that's a good complaint. Uh, it, <laughs> it does because the way that they are, it, it's how you learn about the world. They are just handing it to you by yeah. Ra- forcing it letting, down your throat. It's it's a forced tell rather than a like a hand in hand show tell. Right, it's like you can't look and be told. It's like okay, I know that this type goes to that. It's like. By the way, it's specifically this, and you're definitely gonna be fighting a griffin. Yeah, so like, you gotta go get your griffin juice. I'm like, well, that who cares? Like, that's not. I would rather figure out it's a griffin myself, because then yeah. that's me discovering the world organically. So the other thing I noticed with your examples of GTA and, um, well, I mean, I said Breath of the Wild, but GTA, Dark Souls, Breath of the Wild. I noticed that like you specifically, those are, um open world games so do you think open world games do like the world building interaction better no because the other example i gave is darkest dungeon um and darkest dungeon is not open world at all um i think that frequently open world games well for one thing now every game feels like it has to be open world yes um Mm -hmm. even when it does not serve the game at all to make it open world um well yeah actually yeah not at all because i think an example of a game of AAA quality doing this well is Dishonored, I think actually had really cool world building where they like didn't force feed the conflict in the world down your throat. But if you just walked around the streets, you would see like, oh, like you can tell the state of the like decay in the cities. You can figure out what different things are used for, you know, and it's it, w- it felt like it was letting you decide how you were going to solve any of the problems in the game. And it had levels which let it be more open because they could custom build these little puzzles with a lot of different solutions that you could naturally pick yourself. If I remember right, like um, Dishonored did the thing that you're talking about that you wanted with The Witcher where you can go around talking to certain people, yield certain stuff, and you get to learn more about your mark and everything that you're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I I only play like the first like – mission of dishonored so like that was one where like i talked to the old lady i went up to this building spied on that and like you develop it without being forced into those directions because like you could have missed talking to the old lady right and the and that then applies to like how you solve things in the game is like a totally viable solution is to do no research and just run in with a sword and kill everybody. Wham, and then run out. Or you can do the talk to everybody. But then that or also you creates can more chaos. Sneak and- around. You can try to learn more. You can learn about the situation. And then you can use that to help you, like, complete a mission without killing anybody, right? Yeah. But the game never tells you to do that. It never puts an indicator on a map. You just have to look for an open window yeah, or like find said, a like- way up onto a roof. Yeah, like I said, you could have missed the old lady that I was talking about. Like, right. I could have missed that and missed the hint to go to the certain thing and do the certain thing. And that would have sucked because then I would have had to fight a bunch of guards and th- that would have upped the chaos. They don't really tell you like too much of what the chaos does except for like it does change like parts of the story. And I, I think that's a good interaction of like what you like. I think another part of world building is when what you do actually matters yeah. to the world. I think that's true. Like, um, it can elevate the importance of it. Yeah, it can elevate the importance. Like, and I think like having things. Like, I think that open world can do it better, but not all the times. Because I do have a bad example of open world being very bad. But I think um, 
open world, like they could do the things like there's things that you can miss. Like Breath of the Wild did it really well. Whereas like, here's this open world. Here's all these shrines and things that you, here's the stuff that you can do. You don't have to do it. You can literally run to the inn and kill Ganon at the very beginning of the game. If you really want, you don't have to go stop the beast. You don't have to talk to, um, prince sidon or whatever his name was you don't have to get the goggles or to get this that you can do whatever you want you can miss stuff and i think having the fact that like in this giant world you can see a thing you could go to that thing and figure out what it is nothing ever tells you to well i mean there's certain quests that will point you in a certain way but like nothing ever tells you hey if you shoot this lightning dragon it will drop a scale and that scale is important for blink yeah, Nothing right. Really you just tells figure you it out Unless by you stumble around. upon the um, shrine. It's like, oh, you will look for a scale of lightning. Okay, I remember seeing a big lightning dragon back there. Yeah, right. Well, and that's like that type of discovery is what made me so hooked on Breath of the Wild is that you would just walk around and find cool stuff. And I'm like, I didn't get directed to this. I was just walking around <laughs> and I saw the top of a mountain and went, well, I'll walk up there, I guess. Oh, hey, look, there was something up there. Yeah, and I think that, like, fits into what I was talking about with the show-tell balance. Like, you got told certain things so you weren't completely lost, but a lot of it's like, look, and you will see something. You yeah. There is, like, a beginning quest line where it's like, okay, hey, you should go talk to this person. You don't have to. You don't ever have to talk to Impa. Yeah, ever. right. But right. like like the show and tell, like you were you were told some things, you showed other things, and then you can go and find out more. And I think that's like a good example of the show tell balance that I think right. specifically open world can do well. Now there is the other side of open world that can be extremely bad. I'm looking at Assassin's Creed Origins, where the world was just way too big. Yeah, just a lot of empty and then, space. Like it was way too big, and then they take you through this very linear story in this giant world. But like, so you're like skipping over huge areas where you could do the show tell thing, but you're skipping over the areas and just going across the map to these like specific points. And it's like, yeah, forcing. I think I think what makes that game bad is forcing a linear story with an open world, where I guess you could have. There was no incentive to actually explore and do stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, and that that's a tricky thing with open world games. And it's, it's again, I think something that the Witcher did wrong, where it's like, there's a really pressing, dangerous plot. Now go pick weeds for five hours. And I'm like, yeah, and that's like where I kind of fail because it's like pressing dangerous plot. I should be doing this immediately. Like it's time yeah. sensitive. And so I didn't do like a lot of the side quests and I was super under leveled and getting like cut in half by dudes. And it's like, what is happening here? Yeah. It's because they never gave the space for you to go and self direct and do whatever you want. It was, you know, you're when you're. It feels like the game is pushing you to the next cutscene, but then they also want you to go wander off, yeah, and just like stab kelpies for thirty and hours. I, and or I think whatever if you're gonna is, do you that, know? there needs to be some incentive for the yeah, or or there needs to be like a sense of discovery that is well integrated into the game. And The Witcher kind of did that, but it just did it really badly. And I never wanted to go ride off the roads and like discover something because it was just like not good enough and not very interesting to like go and find a fish monster and then murder that fish monster. And I'm just like, oh boy, so exciting. I got to stab another fish monster. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I don't know. So 
I guess the other question I have for you, and I don't know if you already talked about your example of this, but it's like, can you have good world building, but bad execution? Yeah, GTA, uh, Grand Theft Auto. Good world building, but the game itself has a lot of problems. Like what? That like is, what's your... Did you hear me complain about GTA 5 Online for like an hour? Well, yeah, the online, <laughs> yeah, but like so... the actual game itself. The actual game did the same thing where like part of the game is you planning a heist. Yeah. And I'm like, that sounds like exactly what I want to do because it's like it'll be really cool you know like I'll have to like maybe they have like okay go to this gun store and get whatever guns you want to use or whatever hacking equipment you want to use to get into the place right and then I could like look and go okay like I can get a bomb to open the door and I can get like knockout gas and I can get you know and I could like pick a bunch of different options and then like I'm like okay, well now I got I got to leave a getaway car someplace so that way when I run out of the bank I can hop in my car and and get away and maybe I should have like that sounds I could look awesome. at the map and figure out like oh okay so I need to be able to lose the cops and I'm gonna have a really high wanted level when I get done with this so I need to figure out where I could go to get away from the cops right and I wanted it to be me figuring that out because I would because I've played a game where you were encouraged to do that and instead it just point on the map walk here look this is where we can put the knockout gas and then to get the knockout gas they're like go here get it bring it back and then they're like we need escape vehicles drive here get these exact motorcycles bring them back i'm like but what if i want to use a semi truck to escape because i i think that would be good for ramming the cops off the road or what if i want to try to use something that i feel like i could hide really but it's just like none, none of that no character at all it's so just follow just, the points on the map what it sounds like is you don't like being told what to do i don't like being told what to do in a game like grand <laughs> theft auto joke. that is open world and where the the fun of the like they have to know their own fan base right what everyone does in grand theft auto is just act like a maniac and i'm like why what why would someone who's once like the role play of this game is i'm gonna act nuts i just want to jump a hummer off of a freight train and then they're like okay um but you have to go get that motorcycle like i don't want that motorcycle i want the pink one that's shooting flames out of the top this is grand theft auto like what are you doing and and i think i guess one of my examples of well i guess the opposite of that a good world building is horizon zero dawn sorry cody where it's like you are i think once told like how to scan and look at the um robots weaknesses and i think one time you were told specifically what to aim for and what to shoot and then the rest of the game at least to my knowledge i don't really remember well because it's been a while since i played well played like the intro stuff like the rest of the game you pretty much can take down the robot however way you want you can prepare set an area to go hunting you can get certain yeah. things there is a large incentive for doing certain things but there is like like you have linear story stuff you can go to places but like you don't have to do it it's not time sensitive you can g honestly run to the end of the map in like a couple like in, in like 30 minutes but you can also go there's like people on the side roads like hey help me here oh look a bandit camp there's stuff to do and like places go where you'll start discovering things so like, if you go to a certain point you'll get like a section of your map and i think that's a like very good way of like you'll learn about your world as you go yeah. You'll see yeah. A, a new creature out there. It's like, okay, well, I know what to do. I know the scan. Okay, it has these blinking spots. 
but it doesn't say, okay, specifically just shoot this in the face a bunch of times. Like, okay, you could try knocking off armor or you can pin it down and stab it in the neck. You can do blink, blat, blink and blink, not blink and black. That was weird. Sorry. But you can do blink and blink. Like it doesn't matter. And I think that's a like a good like alternative to what you were talking about. Yeah. No, I mean, that sounds like what I would want the Witcher to be is like, okay, I'm hunting a werewolf. Well, I don't want to just have it tell me like, go get your anti-lycanthropy. I was like, no, like, can I just... Figure it out myself. I mean, sometimes you'll go down into a pit and then a giant beast will come out and you're like, oh, I don't know how to kill this thing, but I gotta. <laughs> like, yeah, well, and yeah, the Witcher just had a lot of problems, but yeah. yeah. But, um, and I, and I guess, so, huh. good world building, bad execution. I mentioned this like a couple weeks back, but Quantum Break. I thought it had like a good good world but you know like to me world building and story building go hand in hand if that like do you agree with that yeah like at some point the plotting of a game becomes part of its world building like the way that it gives you that plot is kind of implicit in the world building i think so what i liked about it is like it starts out like it's set in a reality well in this reality where it's like oh this guy designed this time machine thing and then the time machine goes bonkers and you get your powers and then like as you're going through this linear story which i'm fine with linear stories i'm fine with cutscenes. go to gosh but like you go to this linear story you're like going through places where like sometimes like the time blips or whatever they're called in the game will happen and like everything will freeze and you'll have to figure out a way to climb around stuff and do stuff or like there's a scene where they blow up a boat you're on and like this um tanker boat you're on and starts falling apart and like it starts freezing, pausing, and then going, and pausing and going, and you have to, like, climb around it. And I thought, like, really cool world building, really cool level building. And it's just, like, amazing set pieces like that, where it's like, oh, this time dilation happens, and sometimes something normal will be happening, and then time will stop, and you have to figure out how to get around it. Or you'll go to a building, and, like, with your time powers, how do you get into this building? great set pieces and there was this one part that blew my mind because it's like the time is going crazy in this one area and you walk in and like you suddenly see like a version of yourself from the future walking past you and like you then you look up and you see like night and day happening like over and over within seconds and it's like this cool set piece and like you hear people talking and like you're walking past people and it's an amazing set piece and then it explains later why that happens. Amazing set piece. And then the game devolves in the second half of just run to an area, shoot a bunch of people, run to the next area. Shoot a bunch yeah. of people. Sometimes time will spot, stop. Oh, now there's guys that, like, introduced pretty early on. Now there's guys who can run around even though time's frozen. So now you have to shoot them even though the world's frozen. And now sometimes... There'll be normal guys come in. It will freeze. You have to shoot the guys who can move around. And then time will start again. You have to shoot the guys who can't move or who couldn't move around. And then it will stop again. You have to shoot more. And it's just like, what happened to this amazing world like where time is dilating all over the place? And like you have these cool puzzles to figure out how to get this door that's like keeps opening, closing super fast. Freeze the door. Like it stopped being interesting like using its cool world building that it presented like all these cool ideas like that room where everything is going fast or slow whatever it presents that and then it's just like doesn't matter let's just shoot stuff and so <laughs> yeah, i think that we was got bored like, of that already really cool world building like oh this thing can happen and here are things that happen and it's like now you're learning more about like this 
cataclysms that's going to happen and like oh because you keep seeing time stopping like the time stops are happening quicker and it's like cool world building and then we just turn into a shooting gallery over and over again yeah and that just i mean i (laughs) i agree with what you're saying and it's a problem and that does highlight the issue of with me with cutscenes is when there is a the larger the tonal and frequently visual distinction between a cutscene and the game is the more frustrating i find that cutscene like there are cutscenes where you're still in engine and you're yeah. just like hearing scripted dialogue i prefer that especially if you're still allowed to move yeah and that's what i'm talking about with that room that was doing time like you're you're moving and walking through as it's happening like yeah that's cool that to me is better usually than playing a movie that looks nothing like the rest of your game because there's this pre-rendered movie that we want you to watch and i'm like well no just put that that's how i felt about every moment of the witcher is everything in this game would be better if you were saying this conversation while i was Geralt walking around that would make all of it better you know what does an amazing job at doing that huh Guess the game that I'm about to say, actually. I actually don't know. Bioshock Infinite. Yes. There are very little stop the game cutscenes. A lot there of times are you few. are moving and talking through, like, you're moving and talking through to Elizabeth as things happen. Like, the, the test twins are talking to you. Like, there's stuff that yeah. you can miss if you're not looking at it, and it just goes by right. because it's happening in real time. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. You have to be paying attention to the world. And if you want to ignore it, it feels like you're given, like, in a game like Bioshock, I feel like you have more control over your character than in a game like The Witcher, where you're given four different slightly slight variations on dialogue tree options. And I, also, I, dialogue tree options yeah, we'll should get to die that. in a shed. We'll get to that in a second. But, like, I, I think Bioshock handled it well because, like, you could just turn into a shooting gallery game or you can notice the world building around you. And that was, or like, you can a look de- around. it was a good... I think it do- does just go hand in hand with that show and tell thing. Like it needs to be on a scale where they're equal and not like ones up or ones down. Yeah. I, I think you need to pay it- like Bioshock had a good, like, I mean, I'm a guy who likes cutscenes, So it's like a part of me wishes there were a couple more cutscenes in it just because I like cutscenes. But I mean, I, I just- also did being able to walk through and like, if you look to the left, you'll see the statue change like shapes because there's like a um, time that like, um, alternate universe dilation happening or like when you're talking to the test you're going up an elevator the test twins are talking and they're on the side and one's painting a picture of the other if you turn around and look at what he's painting you realize he's just painting himself like cool little bits like that in the world and like you learn a lot about the world building through that not going to spoil bioshock infinite but like you learn little bits throughout the whole thing by looking at the world but you also get the points where you do have to listen to stuff or talk to people and learn about the world so i think bioshock is a good example of that show tell god bioshock it's the best game in existence (laughs) i i agree i i think it is i really liked bioshock infinite one i totally agree with you on that and two i agree that that style of introducing information to the player is better and it feels like a game like that trusts the player to if they want to pay attention, they can pay attention, and if they don't, they don't have to. Yeah. Because that's like, I imagine why developers do that is because they're like, well, we don't want them to miss this cutscene, so we're going to freeze them and force them to sit here through this cutscene. And I'm like, okay, if your cutscene is good, or if your dialogue is good, I'll stand here and listen to it. If it's not, let me just walk away. I'm playing the game now, you know? It's like, why does it have to be so 
railroaded into you have to have this experience now you know it just i don't know and then yeah just the idea that what makes that appealing is having like dialogue options is so (sighs) frustrating to me let's get to that i see that's the thing because i've been talking to people so long about this and like everybody's like you need to play the witcher you need to play the witcher and it's like yeah, but I don't like games that have a ton of dialogue options. Yes, I like it's a very, dumpster fire. I like very linear um, stories. I like I like being told a story in my game. I like to learn and like see these things happen. I love it. That is the best part about the video game is hearing the story and seeing it unfold in front of my eyes. If that's in a cutscene, I don't care. If that's walking and talking to a person, I don't care. As long as it's not a following mission. <laughs> but, but like dialogue option, like having four dialogue options every like five sentences ruins it for me. Because it's like I want to a point, it's like. If I'm playing this character, if I'm playing Gerald, I want to hear what Gerald has to say. I don't want to hear what Jordan has to say. Well, and it, and it creates a problem too. The, to me, the issue with the dialogue option is is it creates a game. It creates a gameplay mechanic that no game is good enough to do yet. Which is um, dynamic responses to to, oh. to conversation. Like what ends up happening is I can't play as the version of Geralt that I want to play as. I can play as one of three selected versions of Geralt that I want to play as, and that's not the same yeah, thing as deciding how down my character cert- behaves. Like too far down a certain path, you can't actually end up like you know doing a mix of things. It's either you're an evil piece of crap or you're like well, a nice guy. To the, a point. the scenarios are almost always the same, so it's like, well, am I nice guy Geralt or am I dick Geralt? Those are the dialogue it's, tree it's options. Nice, neutral, or mean. It's never like yeah, there's right? never like a good mix of it. And neutral, like nothing happens good, something happens evil, something bad happens. Like And usually it's like I read all three and I'm like, that's not what I would say to any of these. So Okay. Or usually there's just like a like yeah, like a horrible option and a good option. It's like, well Okay. Well, like, those, like I play a little bit of I'm of the outer worlds and like i usually don't like games like that and i like to a point it was fine then the game lasted way too long but to a point it was fine where it's like okay you like based on your skill tree and stuff you'll get certain options and if you like find more information there'll be another dialogue option and stuff like that it's like that's fine but like i don't want to constantly be stopped to have to talk my way through a situation and i i think that i would find that more engaging if the mechanics could line up with what they're trying to do but they've not figured out a way to make conversation mechanics in a way that i think is engaging um so yeah it just ends up being clumsy and i do not like it at all um Um, but like to me the opposite of this is like when you're building a character right like you're creating this character because you're playing any kind of like role-playing game right so it's playing grand theft auto And there's a mission where you have to stop a paparazzi who, like, took a picture that you wanted. And so this guy's like, stop that paparazzi, right? So I just got on a motorcycle and I shot him in the face. (laughs) Nice. And he's like, oh my gosh, you didn't have to kill him. Well, mission successful. And I'm like, that gave me more agency to decide how crazy of a person I wanted to be in this game by just not telling me how to stop him. Or not going like, well, you can either run him off the road or shoot him it was just like stop him however you want and i'm just like 
I'm gonna shoot him in the face now. Like, and I, and I you mean, know, but I liked that it gave you total freedom on how to solve that problem. And dialogue just can't do that right now. Yeah, and the game doesn't exist right now. And I mean, I think right. one day we'll get to it. And like, but we're we're we get to the problem that exists in video games, exists in Hollywood, where it's just like. If something works once, it's always going to work. So let's give them what always works. Oh, remakes yeah. and adaptations worked. So let's keep remaking everything that moves. Okay. Open world with looting systems worked. So like Destiny was a big hit. So let's give open world everything, even single player, like not online, not online games. Let's give them open world looting systems. Again, looking at you, Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, but it's just like, we're not going to, we, it's, feels like we just don't move forward when things sell really well sometimes and that's why i do like indie games a lot right and that's what i was gonna say is like i think movies have the same thing if you kind of like look hard enough and squint your eyes right but um the scenes around indie games there are still so many like new innovative fresh feeling video games that come out from weird indie studios that are just like well i don't want to make giant triple a game i want to do something else and what i like is one usually that means they can't have the same graphics <laughs> they they can't just go photorealistic done they have to go okay we have to have an aesthetic and a style and it can't cost a hundred people five years we can't spend that much we have five guys and we have four years that's what we have to make something cool out well, of that you know and that's what birthed um hollow knight hollow knight was a kickstarter yeah. campaign where it's like we have a very clear vision of what we want to do we don't have money please help us And hollow knight is one of the best games i think i've ever played i, I know i know i know i know well, we di- see but we disagree i think part of this whole conversation is that us two as people have different ideas of what makes something good and i mean even yeah. the fans will have a very like some some fans might not even agree with a word we're saying. They might be like, "No, yeah, they it, probably like Assassin's Creed." I mean, yeah. get out of my house! <laughs> hey, hey, don't be mean to Mandy. But like, <laughs> she doesn't like Assassin's. But Creed. like, like so, so I think part of it is that we disagree on like how things should be, and I think Hollow Knight was a very good game because it did what Dark Souls does. It's open world. It has this creepy aesthetic where you can like go anywhere and you can find something and learn more about the world and like the lore isn't something that you are constantly having cutscenes of being told yeah and right. i and i and well, i think that i, I think that I, works I but i also like don't Knight. think that needs to be every game like i think that there needs to be a mix of games that have very like very linear, very straightforward cutscene stories, and I think that there also needs to be games that are open world. That's like I, th- I think that it's because it's such a wide genre now that like so many people are coming into games now. I think it's fine that like it's so spread out and like there are good worlds, bad worlds, whatever. And I think that yeah, not every good game is gonna have a good world. Not every bad game is gonna have a bad world. It's just a mix of whatever. I think I'm just talking myself into a hole. Well, no, I was just, I, I don't think there's one format that guarantees you have a good world or a good video game. Like, there are games that are completely different from, like, a Breath of the Wild or a Dark Souls or even, like, I mean, this is a very different kind of thing, but then Darkest Dungeon that I think have excellent world building. Like, one I just thought of was um, 
torch or no not torchlight uh firewatch sorry um which God. is just a guy as a firewatch dude in the middle of a forest but the actual the way they built that forest and made you feel like you were in a national park was really good it was very immersive they did a great job but everything worked together to give you that feel of immersion into a different place and it's a very familiar world it is I will say that has one of the most devastating openings of all games that I've ever played. Like where you're what, like going uh, through the Firewatch? Yeah, Firewatch, where you're going through like the dialogue options of basically learning about how your wife had dementia and you needed a break because it was so mentally taxing, so you went to be on the Firewatch team. It is such a yeah. devastating opening. Like that broke my heart so bad. It's like I just want to be there for my wife. Why am I in the forest? Let me go back to my wife. Send me back. Send me back. And it's a funny thing, too, because that game does have dialogue tree options, but there aren't that many of them, really. Like, there's only a few. There's a handful of them. Um, But mostly you're just, like, listening to a story, but that's fine. It was very immersive. Well, it's a walk and talk a lot and, like, go to a place, talk and walk. It it, it was – I didn't – I never beat it. Like, I only got the – I think the second chapter or something. I didn't beat it because the person I was playing it with, I stopped going to their house as much. I mean, you guys should get back to it. Like, I, I, I just, I, I would watch you guys play that because, like, it was to me like a really, yeah. really good game. But I, it was. I think we just really just talked about like what we like and don't like. But I think that like there was some like world building talk in there. <laughs> no, I definitely think there is something to be said for what makes world building good in a video game is when it is well integrated to the whole of the game, not relegated to just cutscenes that are totally disparate from the rest yeah. of the game. Yeah, and again, I'll say balance, show, tell. You need to develop what that means to you. Like, you can't be telling constantly Final Fantasy thirteen, and you can't be showing constantly of a big, giant, open world with nothing to do to do in it. Yeah, like <laughs> Assassin's Creed Origins. But I, I, I think we kind of hashed out and really had a good time talking about this. At least I did. I know that we have completely different ideals of what makes the game good. And to be... So I guess, really quick, other than the three that you mentioned, what are some good games that you would recommend that have good... Well, either good games or good world-building games? Uh, I think good world-building games, specifically. Um, Ooh, man, I kind of gave you my good... Oh, Bastion and Transistor. Yes. Oh, boy, Bastion and Transistor are games that you should pick up if you want to see some really good world building, I think. They're just creative and interesting settings. I love them. The characters are all really great, and they feel... The, the narration in that, too, is so good at, like, creating a world that feels vibrant and, like... Uh, it's not Vibrant isn't the word that I'm looking for, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so there's that. Oh, gosh, what else, Jordan? What's another good one? Okay, you, you, give, me, you give me yours, and I'm going to look through my Steam like, list. My good world is Tetris. <laughs> yeah right that's, it's minimal that, that's a joke guys um but i think sekiro does a very good job of like just this show and tell world where you have this very beautiful feudal japan world but this plot going on of resurrection and like um and blood that grants immortality um i think that the Bioshock, again, Bioshock series is a very good sh- um, show and tell world building game where you can see the world building around you and you're not shoehorned in to listening to constant cutscenes. I think um, 
Horizon Zero. Like these are all games I've been talking about this whole time. Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, Senua's Sacrifice is another good one. Um, see, you would disagree, but I think God of War did a really good job of the world building. Here's why. Because it was based... God of War 4? The, yeah, the newest God of War. Oh, I haven't played oh. it. I don't really okay, know so that he, about Here's it. why I think. Because it had all this like stuff, like show and tell stuff. But like when you would get on the boat to travel to a new area, there would be a conversation happening. Either it would be the head talking about um, like Norse mythology. It would be a conversation between the father and son about their stuff. Like it would slowly build like these character interactions through it. And again, I think that characters and story is a good big part of world building, but it would build these character interactions through how they, you would, you get introduced to the villain, but don't know his deal. And you slowly learn about the deal. You're given like certain things and you kind of go through this Norse mythology world as it's being built around, like the story is being built around you. And I think it did a really, really, really good job of storytelling, world building and um, show and telling. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, when I say it's like this, it's just like well, the yeah, style yeah. of AAA I, I game that mean. I find o- repetitive. Open world, walk there around, are punch good things. ones of those. Yeah, I just, I think that that style for me has gotten a little old. That is not to say that there are no good ones of them coming out. Um, Another one that I'm going to say was pretty good for world building specifically is Amnesia. Um, That makes you feel like you're in a creepy haunted house the whole game. It really sets the tone all the time. There's never a point where it like separates and it like diverges and there's like the creepy house part and then the part where you do weird puzzles that aren't related. It like... It feels like you're always in that world. It has like cutscenes and stuff, and I know you hate it, but Silent Hill. Never played oh, it. Like, I'm Silent interested, Silent Hill though. did a really good job of just, like, creating this, like, creepy, aesthetic, like, awful town. Um, yeah. I watched the Silent Hill movies. Does that count? A little bit. I mean, I the one that I've had recently watched, the only one, uh, I, I really enjoyed. And then they made like a bunch of others that I heard terrible things about. But yes, I, I like Silent Hill a lot. We could we could have had the best Silent Hill game of all time created by Kojima, but um, Konami fired him. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. then we, and I, then I know, we got Death Stranding instead. Yay. I don't know how <laughs> I see Because that was like a very story heavy thing. I don't know how I feel about world building wise. I think again, it did the thing. It was like, it's way too big. And then the gameplay was repetitive and kind of takes you out of the world building when you have to walk yeah. 10 in game miles at one point. You literally have to walk <laughs> that's a long, 10 game miles. 10 miles is not a short. It feels like when you say 10 miles, that's such a nice round, short sounding number. And, and then, then you uh, actually you really do think it. About how like, long it would like take. I calculated like the total distance I walked like for this one mission and it was 10 miles and i'm like you're kidding me you can't you shouldn't be doing that in game anyways this is going on way too long and i have to edit and i have a busy weekend um but i i think we had a good conversation about world building i think you and i should have some sort of stream sometime where we play a game and talk about it but you know when the hell's that gonna Ooh. happen <laughs> we are way too busy well you're way too busy i don't no. have a life anyways <laughs> cody so next week we are starting a new journey. So like I said, we kind of got burnt out on doing like some, you know, every week is a new world idea. Like we're burning through ideas. We're going to like start getting to the point where we yeah, run out of I was gonna say, those ideas. And I want to, I like the show so much. I yeah. wanted to keep going and I want to keep doing 
new and fresh things. So what we decided we're going to do is we're going to start doing more projects like we did with our story projects, like we did with the D&D project. We're going to start doing more projects. And then in between those, we're going to do more deconstructions and more um, random rolled worlds. But we're going to start out by doing like bigger projects. So the first one we wanted to do was we wanted to do um, build an audio drama. And it's going to be a big undertaking. I, Cody thinks it's going to be a lot easier than I do, but it's going to be a big undertaking where next week we're going to come and present two worlds um, that we would like to write and perform an audio drama in. Um, so far, there's no like real theme. My theme I'm going to go with is fantasy adventure. Um, I don't know what Cody's planning. You don't have to tell me. Um, Agrarian. <laughs> It is not agrarian. I, I think, well, yeah. So I think that the the difference here between me and Jordan and how we're viewing this is like, uh, it's why my worlds are so simple all the time. I'm like, yeah, I could write a very simple minimalist audio drama. <laughs> and Jordan's like, how am I going to turn the Chronicles of Narnia into they an audio did, drama? They did, though. They did turn the Chronicles I of know. Narnia into an audio drama. I know. That's what I've been inspired by. That's what I'm going to try to write next week. We'll see. And so so next week is going... So it's kind of set up like we did our story episode where we did the pitch and then we did the story. So we're, next week is going to be pitching the world to ourselves the week after is going to be then talking about the characters in the setting that we want to create and then yeah. the week after that we're going to take a couple break weeks so we can start writing this so that we can perform it so i think we're either going to do a random world and then a de deconstruction or like a like audio game like some some kind, yeah, some we'll, kind we'll of story building game to like building. we'll we'll figure yeah. something out with that and then after that we're going to start the audio drama and it's it's going to be interesting i don't know it's going oh we're going to choose which world we want to do on the se on the second right, of the right, two right. episodes probably at the end so the difference between this and our previous story worlds is me and jordan are going to be writing the we're each writing our own world and pitching it but once we've picked a world, we're going to be writing the actual audio drama dialogue yeah, together. Yeah, this is going and to be then, the very first World Shop team effort. And I'm excited. Which feels sad, actually. We should have thought of this a lot sooner. Yeah, it does. After almost 100 episodes, this is the first time that we've actually, like, team created something. Work together. I'm actually really excited yeah. to work with you um, because working with you has always been very fun. It's always ended up yelling, though, because um, we used to do labs and stuff together in college, and that always ended up yelling. <laughs> I was going to say, you sounded hesitant there when you said that, and I find that pretty No, no, pretty no. no. It's, it's always really it's fun to work with you, and I'm excited to actually write a story because we have very, very distinct and different storytelling styles. Like I said, I think we have complementary skills, and I think that is going to be helpful for this. I mean, I'm this. good at building characters. Um, <laughs> Dude, I love me some good characters. Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm like excited though. Detail, I'm really looking forward to this, dude. I love detail. I and I like brevity. Yeah. You know, it's and okay. I, I think together we can create something cool. So please look out for that. It's gonna be. We're not going to completely abandon the normal world type stuff. We want to create new worlds and new things every single week. Right. And I think what it is is just the reality is randomly rolling for a world hits a point where our roll chart is mostly comprised of Florida man level prompts. And that is not sustainable. No. And 
so with projects, we're going to be looking out for doing longer form worlds, maybe in a little bit of like actually taking the time to do a full episode on like geography, then do a full episode on the history and society current and stuff. And then we're looking to do another like story series again, because me personally, I have so many stories that I want to write and live in, and I want to be given to do the chance to actually do that. So it's just taking some time to actually do some projects and do some cool stuff with this um, show. And we're going to keep trucking. This ain't going to end. So <laughs> I'm I'm happy with what we've built so far, and I'm excited to see what we keep building. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, it's going to be good. That's That's that. So, Cody... Give me some plugs. Check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network. We are on YouTube. We are sometimes on Twitch. And you can find us where you find podcasts. And you can check me out on something, I guess, zero zero at twitch.tv. Cody, you're always welcome to do this. But recently, I've been streaming with Leah from the Side Characters Podcast. And we, we most recently did Monster Prom, which was really fun. Cody Cody likes Jordan, Monster The Wandering Gamer Network did Dude, Monster, Monster Prom. Prom is the best because for seven I think it was seven dollars, I got the full package DLC and everything. It just had so it gave it so funny. So good. So dumb. And I just I love Monster Prom. I, I first time we played it, I went for Miranda. Um she's a psychopath. She's the mermaid lady. She she is a yeah, psychopath. Yeah, 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 I yeah. love her. The second time we played the DLC and I went for Zoe, the um like Cthulhu Eldritch monster. And she's like <laughs> yeah, she's a yep. big fangirl nerd and I loved it. And there's just like so many funny scenes and just like really it's really quippy, really fun, really like on its toes, like every second. And I just love that game. Anyways, not pitching a good game with good world building, just <laughs> Um, and so you can also check out my second podcast, The Side Characters Podcast, where we talk about cultural diversity and stuff inside of nerd culture. So every week we take like a different topic, such as gatekeeping or representation or whitewashing, and we talk about it, like we define it, talk about why it's important, well, why talking about it's important, and then we talk about like what we can do to make things better or take the step in the right direction so it's a really good show like i said before a lot more serious than world shop can be sometimes um but i have a lot of fun on both of the shows so check out side characters and also check out my toy stream anyways talk for way too long that's all i got cody you got anything else nope okay so thanks y'all for listening we'll catch y'all on the flip side bye bye you just yawned it Ooh, real yawn